Dr. Mike. He has a bachelor's in human psychology as well as a doctor degree in, in chiropractic work. Um, he's helped over 10,000 patients as well as the founder of MoveU. Um, he is on YouTube as well as Instagram, so go ahead and check that out if you don't already follow him. Um, in this podcast, we went over uh, a wide variety of topics. Uh, we discussed, I wish we would discuss more about potentially the end of the world, uh, lost faith in the system. Well, we did kind of touch on the lost faith in the system part, but that was a different aspect of what I'm referring to in my own head. But uh, you guys should enjoy this. We talked about 10 days of silence, um, uh, pretty much living like a monk. Um, as well as Burning Man and drugs and just overall wellness and health. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I did. Dude, okay, so I'm a night owl, right? I get most of my work done from 9 at night till 3 a.m. I'm like one of those rare. I don't think I'm going to live as long as everyone else. I don't think it's like the strategy to life long, but I'm just like, so I just woke I set my alarm for 10.30. I just woke up at 11.15, so I'm just like... All right, wake up, get fucking pumped up for this thing, Mike. I feel okay. I think you're doing a pretty good job. Your energy is the exact same as the videos, to be honest, <laughs> which I love. Uh, but no, if I'm being honest, I'm the exact same way. Like usually I'll get my productive hours in probably like anytime like after like two or three to like eight or something like that. And then I kind of dick around to like one. So I, I just woke up like an hour ago. Oh, you did too? <laughs> so it's like shunned upon it like if people if i tell people i wake up at 11 a.m they go must be nice i'm like you didn't consider what time you didn't ask what time i went to bed yeah i'm sleeping seven eight hours i just got a shift in the whole schedule yeah i think it's just like the the norms defined like by society because it's like oh if, if you're not up by this time you're not doing shit and i'm like no you could actually be the biggest hustler as long as you're getting shit done it doesn't matter what time it is but i think just people have this preconceived notion you know totally well those professions like I always said, if, if I would have done it all over again, I probably, I probably would have pursued stand-up comedy. Cause you're like, I'm going till 3 a.m. Yeah. I got like late night clubs yeah. and then I, can, I got all day to screw around. Now I've got like, you know, I got a workforce. I yeah. work with contractors, people, they work nine to five. So yeah. it's, it's tough to find people. So when I'm waking up, I only got five, six hours with most employees and teams. Mm-hmm. And then I'm all by mm-hmm. myself again. You know what? That's actually really fucking funny because that's like, and that's eventually what I'm going for because I'm just trying to build the audience first. And I realize social media is the best way to do that because I'm like, in person, you can build it and you can perfect your art a little bit better than, um, than online. But honestly, it has so much more reach. But you should do that actually. You have a good enough audience, I think. It, it's on my list. It's like, okay. So I wouldn't pursue that now because if I did, I'd be very distracted with the uh-huh. mission of Move You. So my plan is to build MoveU up, sell MoveU, be an employee of MoveU, and then possibly pursue that or possibly put five years of work in to try to make a couple uh, PGA Tour events. But I'm not any good right now. Uh I need five solid years. (laughs) So you to build up to that level, right? Yeah, I I need like four or five years to give myself a shot. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I was like, I can sh- for sure see the comedy. I know, and I hang out like with a good amount of comedians that are over here in LA. Are you in LA as well, or where are you at? I'm San Diego. I'm like North County down here. Okay. So like two hours away. But yeah. So I mean, the whole scene's in La Jolla. It's in LA, OC. So I was like, you're in the area as well. So, but geez. Okay. So that's that's the goal eventually within like uh, to sell it eventually, right? 
five years. Got you, got you. Okay. You know what's one? That's that's one of the questions I had for later on. I was like, what's like the end goal for uh, for me? Uh, yeah. Are we live? Are we just rolling with this we're, right we're now? We're just rolling. This is pretty much just how I do it, man. So yeah, I was like, you don't have to oh, cool. Okay. It. Um, but one of the things, oh my God, one of the things that I wanted to mention too, is I love the hell out of your videos. I, I have, uh, some comments that I wrote down over here on my end. There was a video where we were doing glute activation and then like one of the first comments was like, you guys activate my heart. <laughs> what do we activate? There was like, you guys activate my heart. I was like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We, we get those just, we appreciate any comedy. We appreciate all. I mean. We had quite an array of comments. And it's like part of it, like my challenge, I was listening like, like a year ago. And I, I always remember this one because it was Conan O'Brien was talking to Howard Stern. And, and Conan's like, I, like with comments, Conan's like, I can't read. I don't read any comments. I don't read feedback. I don't read shit. Yeah. And, and because he's like looking for the negative and he gets sad. And I'm like, I totally get it, dude, because yeah. there's so much positive in there. And, but just, you know, these, they're not even humans because humans don't talk to humans like that. Mm -hmm. They don't talk to human beings like that. They, the inner, it's the internet, just people with faceless keypads doing it. Mm -hmm. And so you hear those ones and they get hit deep. And Howard Stern is like, he goes, I'm scrolling. I, I'm, I'm appreciating the positive, but I yeah. just know that negative is coming. I'm like, damn, I like, even those guys still have yeah. a hard time with comment. I, I, I read, I, I read some, I, I try to stay involved. I read some of them. Um, but sometimes I go like a week or so without looking at anything, really. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's actually pretty healthy though, in my opinion, because it's easy to get sucked into those. Cause I've been, I've been building a little bit of traction. I don't know if you use TikTok or not, but that's what I'm currently using. And I'm barely starting to get like, uh, I, I started getting like really positive comments in the beginning. Now I'm getting like negative. I'm like, all right, so I'm doing something right. But like, it, like what, like, but still looking at them, I'm like, oh, they kind of like take a little, little jab, but I try to ignore them, you know? So yeah. uh, is that is that the worst part of the like what you got going on right now like in regards to like people like hating and, and being like annoying like that or? Well, hate's there. Like I think what it is is like it's gonna be because if you think about it, like oh my goodness, like move you. Like our mission is to help people move better mm -hmm. to live better. Like it's, I would agree. I would say that people would agree it's a noble mission, mm -hmm. right? Noble mission. Um, I can get controversial, especially regarding physical therapists, chiropractors and healthcare profession, mm -hmm. because I think most of them, for the most part, like the majority of all of them just treat people's symptoms and don't help people actually fix the root cause of their issues. Mm -hmm. So I'll take direct shots at, at, at like those professions sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then I expect comments. Yeah. And, and I also get some heat from uh, uh, researchers, the research nerds. So much of my experience is what a lot of people don't know is I got 20 I've worked with people with my hands since I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So I've worked with over 10,000 people in person. So I'm not studying every research article. I'm finding, I learned something, I practice it. Does it help people? Mm -hmm. Does it help people? Yes, no, but sometimes some stuff that helps people that, that is highly researched, like like high, highly researched, I've never found it to work with actual human beings. So I dump that and some stuff without research works. And so the research nerds, if they say, where's the research, show me the research for them, nothing works without the research. But I'd say that group, they're legitimate sometimes, but they also, I, I can get pretty, I can get emotional. They piss me off. Yeah. I get pissed off with them. Um, I'd say the, the hardest part, no, it's, it's, those comments are okay. Mm -hmm. 
those comments are okay. I mean, the hardest part of my career has been the last year or so, because I don't know if you remember before with Move You, there was another guy. I started it with him, the shirtless guy. I started Move You with him over a year ago. I mean, sorry, like, I've known him for eight years. And it was like, we had like a falling out a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it was just like shitty. It was like a divorce and it was oh, hard. And then yeah. now I had to like, because now Move You was built also with like him and me, like we did it and then he's gone. So now mm-hmm. like it forced me to find like, unless you're to dive in and like find like okay what about me like not not with him just me like what what's my mission like Mm -hmm. what what can i like what's my mission how can i make the world a better place like Mm -hmm. what do i bring to the table independently and also there's something to be said about a business with another co-founder when the co-founder's out it's like there's some of the business it was hard there was a lot of ego involved too in the transition because Mm -hmm. Cause, oh, I don't want to see his face. I don't want to see it here. I don't want to see it there. Okay. But because it's like, uh, almost like you break up with somebody, you kind of don't want to see them, right? For the bad breakup, you want to hide the pictures. But when you're in a business, I mean, the fucking walls everywhere and the person's still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was the hardest. That's been the hardest part of my career in 20 years is that right there, that so last you, year. So I guess taking over Move You once that quote unquote breakup happened, um, what were things that you implemented differently? Because I do remember that from, from way back when, but I guess I didn't really actively see those decisions and, and things that you did behind the scenes. Yeah, what's the question? It was, uh, wh- what did you do differently in regards to, I guess, before the quote unquote breakup? And uh, how did you bring your own style into the mix or did you change anything at all? Or was it pretty much the same? So, what I can tell you is that, is that, is that, um, I I built Move You before with this model of bring, mm-hmm. just almost it was, we had this huge growth spurt and I was just hiring people like full time, hiring, 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 bring them on. And we had a large, a larger team it was growing of like maybe like 20 employees. Uh-huh. And what I can now, now I did not know this at the time, but now I look back and I realized how, because I'm the founder of the company. so. Mm-hmm regardless of what happens it always is my fault it really is it's it's it has to be my fault like i have to take accountability for it mm-hmm. even if something went wrong even someone who's stealing a bunch of shit, i still have to go how did i not pick up on this what measures can i put in place because mm-hmm. how else are we going to learn to grow without that i beat myself up really heavy over that shit, though mm-hmm. but what i did was move you was started and my mission it was it began to help the world to help to help people fix their back pain, hip pain, sciatica, and live not just not just be pain free, but live their life fully again. Mm-hmm. To live it, to live it fully without limits. And and I love that, and I'm behind it, and I still am. But whenever I what I found was I I I'd never really had a, somebody operating move you like mm-hmm. the operation. I'd never had somebody who I fully was confident that could handle all that. So now what happened was with 20 employees, I turned my attention to them. Are they happy? Do they have benefits. Do they have their, um, you know, are they getting their 401s? Are they, do they have everything for their office? Is, or like, is everyone getting paid fairly? What else can I add? And so what was doing was I inadvertently by creating this team started turning my attention from helping the world fix their pain to helping create an environment for the team and and i became very unhappy doing that and not only that i was i'm pretty bad 
I'm shitty at that part of the job. Terrible. I'm not, I'm, I'm a C minus at best. And so I like lost, I lost my way in there with that. I really did. Mm-hmm. And, and so then what happened was, is like all the shit went down and like everything, I could see how like decisions I made four or five years ago, they built up and they led to like, they led to us, our relationship ending and a breakup and like losing good employees and good team. And so the result of that was, is, is now here I am today uh, and I won't allow that to happen again is because I'm, I'm myself, I'm keeping what I'm doing over the last year. And even to date, I'm not done with this transition yet. I'm still like, I feel like I'm still 35. I got 30, 40% left before I feel like totally uh, free and accelerating mm-hmm. again. Um, but it's to make sure my focus is always first on the mission of Move You. Mm-hmm. Always on the mission to move you. So right now we have a small team size. I mean, if you look at t- staff size, I mean, I think we only have three full-time employees. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of contractors. We're working with different agencies that are helping us, right? And so now it's a much different, I don't feel that mental, bur- I used to feel a strong mental burden. Mm-hmm. I always had a burden, no matter where I was. Is everyone all right? I got a new car. Uh, are they gonna, are they gonna feel like they're left out? I was so, I felt so guilty mm-hmm. uh, uh, and I just, I can either address that guilt, which I kind of do, or I could just make the changes so I don't feel that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like three quarter done. I don't know if I fully answered your question, mm-hmm. but I'd say that's like, I don't even remember what the hell your question was, Jesus. How did we get here? <laughs> honestly, that's- Where like, are we? That, honestly, that's the majority of my podcasts. I usually go like on a tangent, and then we go from there. But like, I sometimes I even forget my own questions because uh, not much of it is scripted. I kind of just like like to go with the flow more than anything personally. But I do like that you've adopted like that extreme like ownership mentality because a lot of people are always so quick to blame and and throw things around. And it's like no, I'm like at the end of the day, if you want to progress, you want to move forward, you need to take accountability for your own faults and for the faults of others. It's the only way you'll be able to live a happier life. This is my opinion. My opinion. Well, like it goes to one of your main quotes, right? which one of yours is you talk about people being reactive mm-hmm. to, um, uh, it's, it's on your pockets. What is that? What is oh, that quote gotcha. or phrase? Uh, it you're was a react- a, the you're feeling offended. Of being, yeah. The feeling of being offended is a, is a, is a reminder to reflect within yourself or something like, let me pull it up. I, I can't even believe I forgot my own. I put it so long ago, honestly. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're react, if you are react, if you're offended, being offended is a reaction from within. It's not an external reaction. It's an internal reaction. Mm-hmm. And you know, two years ago, I did a, um, and you should look into one of these. I did a 10 day silent meditation retreat. Oh, did you? And it was talk? 10 days, no talking. And it was, uh, um, it was um, Buddha. Okay. No, Buddha, I think, no, no. Where did you go it's, oh, it's a Vipassana. It was, so Vipassana meditation is the style of meditation that Buddha taught mm-hmm. uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Now, the true form of that is it's called um, D-H-A-M-M-A, Dhamma.org. Oh, okay. There's hundreds of them in the country, in the world, Dhamma. Mm-hmm. So the Vipassana was the, was the meditation technique that, that, that Buddha taught, and it was based on obser- observation of breath and observation of sensation in your body. Mm-hmm. And, but I left that it, it, truly feeling that understanding that if you are emotionally 
in control and emotionally free, you will not react to like the strongest self, the strongest person is one who has no reaction to anything that isn't an emergency. Mm-hmm. Any rate, any spike internally, any spike that makes the heart go up one beat is an opportunity to improve because it's also damaging yourself. If you're reacting, you're damaging your, your heart, you're damaging your, 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 your circulatory system. You're damaging your brain by just allowing these constant spikes. So I, I saw that quote of yours. I'm like, I like this one. I listened to uh, Dr. Aaron's podcast that you just had on with Squat You. Oh, and uh, so I was like, yeah. Yeah, no, I th- I appreciate you for listening to that one. That was that one was really fun, actually. And then the, the quote is actually, I, I pulled it up a little late, but I was like, the feeling of being offended is a warning indicator that it's showing you where to look with, within yourself for unresolved issues. And I find there to be so much truth. And, and like you said, anytime I get like a little flustered in any case, I, I, I'm not like immune to like not being um, like being swayed regardless. But when that does happen, I at least check myself, if not in the moment, within like an hour or two, like worst case scenario, uh, unless it's got to be like something crazy, right? Like I got cheated on or something. I'll, I'll still reflect. Then you give but, yourself two hours. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was like, I'll still reflect. It just might take a little bit longer. But uh, the, most cases, I'll just either step back or, or I'll do one of those. But but let me ask you this. How was it transitioning from uh, – well, I guess I have a bunch of questions. But let me go back to the retreat as well. How Where did you go for that, and how was that? Did you pick up any, like, lessons or anything stood out to you? Um, or did you learn anything about yourself? Well, um, 2000, I've had, I developed in my early twenties, a heart arrhythmia. Mm -hmm. So a, um, flutter in my atrium and also, um, possibly an atrial, um, my, my IQ currently is at 69 and it's rising just because I'm kind of, so I got like some lag time on my, on my memories. (laughs) Um, we've got (laughs) atrial fib. I had some, um, what am I trying to like atrial flutter. Yeah. Either AFib, AFib, just for maybe your listeners out there that that are, that'll relate. And um, I, I believe it occurred because whenever I was younger, I, I did it. I was dumb. I did a cycle of steroids and I also did Ritalin at the same time. And I think it caused some electrical issues. So fast forward, I had, I've had some ongoing heart issues and uh, I actually had a procedure done in 2012. I had an ablation done where they go in and they like oh, burn sure. an area of the nerves. And it's scary to have any surgery done because you're relying on the surgery to keep you well. Mm -hmm. And that's never a good feeling. And that's, and people out there that have issues with their back, sciatica, hip, they may know the feeling, or if they are considering surgery, they need to know that you're, there's always a bit of anxiety because you're relying on the surgery to fix you. And that's very hard to do. And, and, And so, I signed up fast forward. My heart wasn't doing well in 2018. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for this 10 day as a way to like return as a way to get in touch with my heart. I wanted mm-hmm. to, my intention was to get a better connection with my heart. Cause I was mm-hmm. afraid of my heart. So to get a better connection with my heart. And so I did my, I did the 10 day silent retreat mm-hmm. and I thought it was incredible. It was life changing for sure. I mean, you just imagine it's such a vivid memory. Anytime mm-hmm. you're, 10 days in silence. I did in 20, it's called 29. Hey Zeus, what happened? I have no idea. Did, did yours didn't die, right? It just said meeting ended. Yeah, I had the same thing. I, I'm sorry about that, Mike. 
It's Zoom. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, the future is here. Zoom owes us a fucking apology. I not know. You. I was like, the future is here, my ass. <laughs> oh, good. But uh, it actually. Go ahead. Oh, what was that? It actually gave me a little time to remember, like, because you, you asked me, like, what was the take home? Mm -hmm. And, and. What I learned, and this is what, when I say what I learned, I learned from uh, a disciple of Buddha mm -hmm. when he spoke about Buddha's ways. If Buddha says that all pain and suffering is caused by either two things, craving or avoiding. Ooh, and, and this is something I've been, I've been like, it's one of those things that you, like when you do something, I do something like that, it's a, it pops my mind pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. So craving, for example, craving something that we don't have craving what someone else has, even craving food. Mm -hmm. Because craving takes us anything, craving or avoidance are the two main areas that take us out of the present moment. Mm -hmm. and, in my, and specifically what the take home with Move You mm -hmm. regarding what I do is avoidance. Avoidance of pain, avoidance of people, avoiding addressing an issue within. So both of these is all pain and suffering is caused by either craving something or avoiding something both which take us out of that that present moment mm -hmm. so that was like one of the biggest take-homes i got from that retreat that's a really deep quote honestly so for the 10 days that you were there what did your days look like i'm i'm assuming a lot of meditating correct jesus i say it's the concentration camp of peace and positivity is what this place is yeah you are literally yeah, everyone gets their own bed mm -hmm. and um, everyone gets their bed and at 6 a.m. they ring a bell. Bell rings mm -hmm. and now you only get two meals a day. So the meals are between 7 and seven and 8 a.m. 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. and 8 a.m. And I think it was between 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. And that's it. No food from 1 p.m. until 6 a.m. the next day. And it was all vegetarian food. Oh, it was wow. actually quite, quite good. And so you wake, you wake up and you're supposed to go, they want you to meditate for an hour. Um, I did not do that. I slept till seven and went to breakfast. Okay, so I flipped that first time. Okay. Yeah. Let me just be clear, okay? I was a, I was a B plus student. Yeah. Here. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Same here. So I skip the sixth, seventh thing. I go down, you eat breakfast, and it's all in silence. There was 50, This it's segregated, men on one side, women on the other, it's very old school. And um, you have breakfast. And then you go to, there's a center meditation hall. And so you walk after breakfast and you go in the meditation hall. And I believe it was, there was an hour, no, it's guided. So we learn progressive skills and it's all done from this, like we literally is VHS recording on this big TV with monitors. And so all hundred of us are watching this video about the, uh, the prior, the, the, the predecessor of Buddha, but he's dead, he's dead now. Um, God rest his soul or whatever I'm supposed to say about that. And um, <laughs> so we learned a skill. I, I'm like, I'm, my wife always reminds me of things I'm supposed to say. I just kind of plug it in. I love it, it's hilarious. <laughs> so then we, we learn a skill. And so the progression of skills work like this. Every day, um, it starts with observation of breath. And I'm gonna kind of fast forward through the whole thing. Um, meaning that you're, this meditation Vipassana is not about, it's not deep breathing, it's normal breathing mm -hmm. in an upright position. And the reason why people sit upright is so you don't fall asleep. 
And so upright position. And the first skill is breathing through in and out your nose and only observing the air striking the, like the first four days. Day one is only observing the air as it passes from the inside of your nasal canal. Only observing the air. How does it feel? Only catching it. And then day two literally is the air around the rim of the nostrils. And I have huge Italian nose. I got a lot of air. And so day three was air, how it strikes underneath your nose where like your mustache would be. This is literally, at this point, I'm like, I'm starting to go insane. I'm like, I'm like we are literally moving square millimeters here per day. Yeah. Then, so, so now this is the beginning of Vipassana as observing the air as it passes in your nose and out. Mm -hmm. And then what occurs is then we observe like day five, six is observing how it, it's feeling areas of your skin, feeling this patch of your skin above your eye, observing that area, observing any maybe breeze, warmth, tingle, hairs, how they move, moving then to the skin. So then it goes to the, the cheeks, observing the cheeks. And I, I have no fucking clue at this point. I'm doing, I'm, I'm going with it. I'm all in. Like when yeah. I sign for shit, I'm committed. I'm doing the process. It's been done for thousands of years. I'm learning this shit. Mm. I'm going with it. But at this point in time, at day four, I am like, like not stable, okay? But I'm in this thing and I'm frustrated. And then it goes to the neck. And so then fast forward to 10 days is, is, is the superficial area of the skin. So in day five, something happened to me. Now, I realized, Jesus, why I got into chiropractic. So in 2000, in the year 2000, no, sorry, 1999, I don't know what it was caused from. I think I had a bad accident where I fell on this, like uh, almost like a ladder and like hypercent in my back. But I've had this, I get this pinpoint pain in my middle back, like right on the joint, right in there. And it like starts with a, like a pinpoint and it, it's a burning. And it's, if I don't do something about it, it slowly encompasses my entire back to the point of just like almost out of breath. Okay. I, I had not felt that to that level since I was 18 years old because I was forced to sit upright mm -hmm. or I was upright only for, um, in these sessions, you sit upright and don't move at all. Nothing. You don't move. You don't even move your shoulder a quarter millimeter. You sit completely upright, vertical, no movement, period. And so at this point, I'm getting like an hour in. This burning sensation is coming back. And I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot. This is why I got into chiropractic because I had this pain. Mm -hmm. And what I also learned is I was like, I actually never, I must have never fixed that pain because it's still there. I haven't felt it in 20 years. But I never, I obviously haven't fixed it. Mm -hmm. And so it's burning. And now, like, it's really kind of overtaking this process in my mind because pain can do that for people. Pain overtakes, pain can be this overtaking fog that's always there for, mm -hmm. for people. And it, it truly limits their life. And um, so I'm like doing the observation thing. Jesus, out of like seemingly out of nowhere, I felt throughout my body, this buzzing, 
buzzing sensation. And it was one of the most pleasurable feelings. I'd never felt this in my life. And I'm, I was 38 years old at the time. I'd never felt this before. But this buzzing sensation, this pleasure buzzing took over my, my uh, no, it was my face, my arms, face and my arms. And because at this point, that's what I'm doing. I'm observing my face, my, my, my nose, my face and my arms. I'm observing these and this buzzing took over, but the buzzing was so pleasurable. It actually overrode oh, the pain. It overrode everything. Like I felt weightless. I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, well, I didn't think this time because remember the thing about craving or avoidance. So I'm feeling this full buzzing sensation and I'm like, I'm loving this thing. And the session was over and I walk outside and I feel, I swear, I felt like I was walking on water or some shit. I'm like taking steps. Yeah. I've never in my life. I'm like, it felt like I've done a bunch of drug tasters. Let's be clear here. I've tried most stuff <laughs> out there. Okay. I ain't opposed. Yeah. Uh, and this was like no drug I've ever felt. Yeah. For those people out there who've done drugs, they were like, ah, he's never done this. I've done most shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, so I'm like, holy shit. And now this is called Bonda. So now this is what happens. And this is especially related. And I'm trying to spin this back to a little bit about my mission as well to help people get in touch with their bodies is that now what happens is this is the next day I go in there or later that day I'm like I want that again now here it is one of my causes of misery craving craving uh, so now I like I'm in this session for an hour and I don't get it now I'm mad I didn't get the thing I wanted in the hour yeah. Fuck, craving it mm -hmm. craving it. and now I know I'm craving it but I'm still craving it mm -hmm. and um and like two days go by now I'm, I'm frustrated and but fast forward again to day nine on it again once again i just had this moment where i just go fuck it like i'm, I'm just gonna get the most out of this session mm -hmm. and I, somehow i did something mentally and i just sunk into this full bond again right? and i'm in this bond of, and out of nowhere this woman rips ass across the room biggest part i've heard of the trip you know i remember you got 100 people in silence the fart comp, there was no fart competition, but I'll tell you what, the women won the fart competition over there. <laughs> yeah. There was more farts per women over there, but this one took the cake. Yeah. She ripped ass over there. Everyone starts laughing. I'm all bonded. I'm full body buzzing, also laughing. Yeah. And uh, and I like just keep this bonded feeling. And and it was, uh, it was incredible. So full body, fast forward to what enlightenment is. So the word enlightenment, you hear enlightenment, you hear, the Buddha rising in the air with light. Mm -hmm. I, so what I experienced was a surface level, surface level bond, which is skin, surface skin only, face and arms. Now, the next step bond is full body skin, all around everything mm -hmm. from the, your nutsack to your bottom of your feet to your top of your head. But it goes deeper than that. Buddha, now he takes the sense, body sensation feeling through the body from the chest bone out the backbone like depth and three dimensions so like what i got in 10 days i could totally see i'm like oh in 15 20 30 years of this i see what people are working to they're working to this like three-dimensional 360 buzzing bond that's what these like that's what these 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 uh uh, uh come on what are they they called i'm drawing a blank the, the people who meditate monks for a living Monks? I think so. Monks. Yeah, yeah. Like, but that's what I, 
I'd have to ask them. They might explain differently because I ain't no monk by, yeah. I'm by a long shot. But that, but that Bonda was something that uh, it was incredible. And to be honest with you, though, ever since then, I haven't, I haven't practiced. I, I do some meditation here and there, but I haven't incorporated in a daily practice like I thought I was going to. But I feel very good mm-hmm. after it. It's got everlasting effects on me. But I haven't incorporated it since. And I'm, I've been contemplating signing up for another one, like another three day or five day one. But that's the 10 day silent retreat, Jesus. Jesus Christ. I can't even begin to imagine, I guess, going on something like that. I guess coming back out of that 10 day retreat, how was it transitioning back to like talking and normal life? Was it weird to you? Here's what I did vegetarian for 10 days. Uh-huh. I was craving meat. And I know in the middle of it, I was just like sitting there looking at the stars, craving. I'm like, I know I'm craving. <laughs> Give me a cow. Who do I know I'm craving when I'm thinking about meat and I'm thinking about my first meal when I get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I went to like, I went to like homestyle country kitchen. I'm like, I want four eggs, four pieces of bacon, four sausages. And I want like fucking hamburger patty. Yeah country gravy yeah. so i went and did that which i would assume it wasn't what buddha would want out of that <laughs> yeah i would assume that he would be like mm. yeah and then but i went to um what i do remember mm-hmm. i went to an outdoor shopping mall the next day the day i got out okay i went to an outdoor shopping mall, and this woman in front of me she was like fumbling around she's trying to find pain you know one of those one women she's like 70 years old she's got a fucking checkbook mm-hmm. and and she's trying to pay for a pair of socks oh, with a check yeah. usually i would be i my anxious level yeah. would increase but i would always but I, but like i'm theatrical so i would always just attribute that to being who i am i'm theatrical and i'd make jokes about it and i'm a little frustrated but i buffer it with jokes uh-huh. and and i might even say something to somebody after that in a joking way uh-huh. but also being serious I observed her. I observed her struggles finding her checkbook in the pen uh-huh. without any reaction to myself, which I, I that stands out to me as being like the benchmark of what it could be like, what I should be like. But it was relatively, it was relative, it wasn't that hard a transition for me after that. Uh-huh. There were there were some things, but it was I got back to eating meat. And I felt great. I felt like it may have saved my life. I So I guess going back to, to that part with your heart, do you think it actually helped you out, specifically being like very conscious of your breathing and, and all the lessons that you incorporated from there? 1,000%. Yeah. My heart, my heart after, yes, that's right. My heart has never felt so strong. I don't want to say so strong. I haven't felt my heart as strong as it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, until I was early twenties, but now I attribute other things too. I, I also, two years ago, I bought my first house and I bought a, an orchard farm in San Diego. So I have 12 acres. I live on, I have a house on top of a mountain. I literally have an entire mountain with a house on the top. It is an absolute dream. And um, I have, so I'm a, I like, I, nature is set. I don't like cities. Nature is something that, that brings me Peace mm-hmm. and, and, and like calmness, it's nature, a, it's always the calm nature. From the chaos. It is totally the calm from the chaos. But I went to Burning Man a year and a half ago, was which to, was chaos. I was, was going to ask you that actually. And I was actually going to ask you if you ever did ayahuasca, but we'll get to that. Keep going. Yeah. Burning Man 
Now, Burning Man ain't my thing. People go, it's not for me. It's not for me either. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not crazy lights DJ. Hundred thousand. That's not who I am. But you know, it was it was the founder of Lululemon Chip Wilson. He says, hey, when somebody tells him about something three or four times, mm-hmm. he either he he feels the need to act on it. Mm-hmm. And people have been telling me, I'm in San Diego for 10 years straight. Because you know, I, I work with thousands of patients, two thousand. So, you know, one out of blow, Bernie May, very Bernie May, very Bernie May, Bernie May. And I go, you know what? I just want to check this off my bucket list. It was a once in a lifetime thing. I know it's not for me. Um, but I also had a buddy out there, a, a mentor. He's a founder of a, of a big aircraft company. I just love the guy. His name's, his name's, uh, his name's Kurt, uh, Kurt Hawkins. Um, and uh, he go, he's a regular out there. And so I, I went, I went to this thing and it was, I mean, it was, it was an, dude, it's like, you know, like maybe you, uh, like an experience, like what's an experience, Jesus, for you to remember? Give me like an, what pops to your mind is like a recent experience in the last year just kind of sticking with you. What is that? A uh, recent experience? Um, I guess I went to a luau in Hawaii and that was really surreal. Luau, good. Oh. So Burning Man, that luau, imagine there's like, you go to the luau and then you step five seconds later and there's another luau experience, but it's completely different. And then 10 steps later, there's another one and another one and another one and another one. It is like this like stacking of experiences that in the moment, it is like eyes open, take literally you're going in Burning Man. There's something for everybody there. You take the tandem bike out in the deep playa, which is like calm. You watch the sunrise in this like crazy desert scape at 5 a.m with me and Katie, who's now my wife, and this like sun comes up in silence and you're like, wow, this is incredible. But then you go over here, there's a bondage tent and just there's a wait, guy wait, with wait. leather straps, someone, some woman's tied up by her hands and wrists and she's just getting freaking wailed with leather straps. Uh-huh. And then you walk and then there's freaking three girls topless walking by you here and you look up and there's a guy, he's shaking his dick up there for some reason. <laughs> and then there's this like giant, 30 foot tall uh, octopus yeah. that shoots flames out of his mouth and it's like moving around. And then there's like Diplo playing music here. And then there's like a fight tent and there's a there's a skating rink. And there's, it is, it is mind blowing. So I didn't, I can't say I loved it during and I can't even look back and say I loved it. But, but so I leave there for five days and it was, dude, I mean, it's, it's just something that I think people who are open, open-minded humans should go to this thing and check it out. There's like these art exhibits mm-hmm. that are like, and, and, and when they light these things, you are in these, like there's the one which is so memorable, I just start crying in this thing. It's like this giant wooden structure, okay? It looks like it's uh, the size of a five-story uh, office building. Wow. And it's all constructed of wood, like someone made this thing not only is it wood but you get closer to it all the woods got like engravings on and it was a memorial basically what you do is somebody who you love that died you're encouraged to put a picture up put a memory up you put a picture and you you let it go Mm -hmm. not saying you let you just let it go whatever it is for you you let it go so you put the picture up you put the picture up and you walk through this thing and there's like thousands of people like crying i'm crying i lost my mom when i was 12 years old so i'm thinking about her Mm -hmm. and i'm losing but you know what the end of the thing they do at the end they just fucking burn the whole thing down 
they burn it. And it's not like they light, it's not like you light it. It's like detonated by like kerosene bomb. It's like freaking mushroom cloud, boom. And they burn everything wooden, all these wooden stars, they burn it all to the ground. And then they start over the next year. And these things that they burn are so nice and took thousands of hours for people to put together. And people are like, is it a concert? No, but there's music everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a city, it's a something, it's a experience. And um, so I left there, right? And I go back to Solana Beach, which is where I lived at the time, which is kind of like a beach town at the San Diego. And I go back there and um, dude, it just didn't feel right, man. I'm just like, I needed to get away. Like me and my me and my now wife, we're like, it's just, it was still too clustered there. It was too many people, it's still the cars, the noise. And then we drove to Julie in a city out here and just felt so much peace. Mm-hmm. And then it reminded me of like my roots in nature and also my heart. I'm always thinking about my heart. And and so one of my good friends, her name's Susie, she's a realtor. She found a property in Elephant Forest out here. Mm-hmm. And um, this is where, that's where I live now. But whenever I was, I'm, a, I'm like a, a I'm, not, I'm kind of like a disaster prep person, but I'm not like crazy like no, those people that have all the I'm already like, I got, I got stocked up. I'm like, I, I don't trust the state of the world. Like, like, a lot of people don't like me for it, but I don't. I'm very cautious. I'm like, mm, first. Yeah, they all say, I'm coming over to your house. Something happens. I'm like, I didn't get supplies for all of you guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm but, like, but if you I bring, bring a cat right. opener, do it because I forgot that. Because I'm gonna <laughs> I got all the canned food, but I left a fucking can over at the store. <laughs> you got a can opener? Come over. That's me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so we uh um Oh, so when I was when I moved out here in 2009, I'm a I just graduated. I'm a, got a doctorate degree. I owe a quarter million dollars in debt in my first year. I made $25,000 in the first year. Okay. And and I I used to mountain bike and I used to look in the distance at this place out here. This was there big. It was like 1300 feet up and I looked down at these houses these mountains with houses on top. And uh, let's, let me be clear with the audience, okay? I have the most amazing mountain with a very, very mediocre fixer upper house on top, okay? I don't have like a castle on a mountain. I do have the mountain though. Mm. Okay, mountain so I was looking at these these things and I'd fantasize about these when I was when I was making 20 grand a year, I'd fantasize about these, like not living there, but being there in case there was a uh, tsunami. Because mm. I'm like, or like, crazy world ending shit at least out of a mountain i get the downward view mm-hmm. and um and sure as shit this one problem susie's like you want to look at this property and i drove to it i stepped foot on it. i just immediately start tears pouring down my eyes and i actually did not know why until until hours maybe it was days later when i realized that i was looking at one of these places like 10 years ago when i was making nothing this was a fantasy place and so i instantly bought it and um that's where i live now it's just like it so my point is i was making with that one is in the last year and a half, living here, being married to my wife, and whatever other combinations are happening have been incredible from my heart, loves them. Like, I, cause I have to make decisions to my heart because my heart, I tell my wife, it's probably going to kill me. My heart is would be the most likely reason I die. I just need this thing to last till I'm like 85 years old. Yeah. Right. It's going to probably be the, it's my weak spot, but I, it's gotta last me like 45 more years right now. And so either way, this place brings so much peace to me it's dude you gotta see this place if you're down here you come check it out I'll invite yeah, you yeah i was it's actually fun. gonna go to san diego next week actually come on by i'm uh, yeah i'm down i have your number yeah more than likely I, I was gonna go down with my friend i, I think she wanted to get like uh enchiladas or something <laughs> that's, that's literally the only oh, yeah? we were gonna go down and me personally i wanted to try donut bar which i've never had before but i really wanted to try that 
Try what? It's called Donut Bar. Uh, it's like donut. The, donut Bar. Yeah, it's the the best donuts in the U.S. Is what they claim. So I'm like, okay, I want to try it out. Where is it? San Diego. I, I don't know where, but I know it's down there. Shoot, yeah. Okay. Okay. You need to go on your way. Here's here's the plan. You come down here. Okay. You're gonna get Donuts Bar, but the, come on back on the way back. But bring a couple donuts with you, please. Okay. I got you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I've been, that's been on my bucket list for like four years, and I'm like, I've been like San Diego like plenty of times, but like, I've just, I think it's because they close like at one. I think that's the reason why like I've missed it and never gone. I'm like, because there's lines like before they open up. Like I'm just like, oh shit. So that's like I passed by it one time because I was there for like a work trip, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get fucking fired mm -hmm. if I try. <laughs> What what is your what do you do for your for your career like what is like I know you're you're building this yeah but you know this, this probably doesn't give you all the income yet no not like. yet it's it's still a work in progress um, the majority of it right now is gonna be from trading I've been doing that for five years uh, like two and a half was like fucking massive failure so it was like put it this way learning lessons now I have uh, like a grind of smooth like income coming in from that um, wait what's the what was the failure oh uh, trading learning how to trade. Oh, trading! Yeah, from the stock market. Oh, you're saying you do tra trading, not training. Oh, no, I, I, well, I, that might be something I might do in the future out of it, like, for my own self as well in particular. But yeah, tra trading, T-R-A-D-I-N-G. Oh, that's your, that's your thing. That's like what you're, yeah, yeah. You, you make money with trading, like day trading, crypto trading. Mainly day trading. I have some in crypto, but uh, not much. Only whatever, like, I'm, I'm already, like, mentally, like, I'm already, like, I've lost everything, but like, mm. I say that, but I'm up like 600 something percent on like a few positions. Mm. So like, that's good. But like, it's just an account. So I, I'm like pretty, I'm pretty mellow. I'm like happy with like, just like the minimalist things. Like I don't need like anything extravagant and all of a sudden I'm like, as long as I have water, I get my protein, good, good to go to the gym. I'm happy. You know, like I'm a very like introverted person overall, even though mm. I do this, but this is the reason why I did this. Uh, one of my friends was telling me, he's just like, you're not introverted. You just don't like the people that you talk to. And I'm like, do this. Cause which is true because well, a lot of people aren't open-minded you're extremely open-minded like i want i want people that have like like i was telling you like that extreme accountability that 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 will to learn that that will to like just being an open-minded because so many people that i know it's either like for example that i always bring this up for a fact like it's either the left or the right i'm like no they just want us to point fingers at each other when they're the government itself is the real issue right like not to get too political but like that's usually where it boils down to you know you know in my of my industry specifically we're one of the first companies mm -hmm. ever in the history of the united states mm -hmm. to trademark a curse word oh, really? it wasn't legal it wasn't legal uh -huh. until last year when a company called f-u-c-t said hey you're denying us fucked? freedom of speech fucked yeah you're denying us freedom of speech so they go to the supreme court mm -hmm. for this case this company's committed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so we i put our trademark in behind it and waited and they won the case and bam so our tagline is fix your shit fix like your that. shit yeah. it's your body no one's ever going to understand your body like you will no one's ever going to care about your body like you will mm -hmm. and we're in this world where people in my world people that have pain people that are limited because of their body misalignments and imbalances they'll go that chiropractor hurt me that surgery didn't work. Mm -hmm. That doctor lied to me. I, my injury, I hurt because of a car accident, because I was in, because of, I played sports. My stress causes my pain. These are all 
blames. Mm -hmm. This is all blames outward, all of it, every one of those. I'm not saying they're wrong. Like a sports injury may have caused someone's injury. Mm -hmm. A doctor may have performed a poor surgery. An insurance company may not cover someone's treatment they need to, to get out of pain. There is a fact though, however, that no matter what, it's you still have to sleep and live in that body of yours. Mm -hmm. you still have to live in that body. It's your body. And and you cannot, it is, it would do the world so much good for people, every human out there, to accept that it's their body and it's mm -hmm. their responsibility. Now, with fixing, fix your shit, fixing your shit is much like succeeding at day trading. You're going to start something. You're going to fail. It doesn't mean you stop. It means you'll learn from the failure. People have setbacks. They hurt their, they go, I tried, you know, doing these exercises and I hurt myself worse. Yeah. No, you tried the exercises. You likely pushed past your own limits, which you didn't know you have. Mm -hmm. You didn't know your, people hurt their body when they push past their limits, but the, we don't push past our limits when we know our limits. Yeah. The only way to know your limits is to understand how your body works, how your body operates, how your brain works, how your brain operates. That's the only way mm -hmm. you mean, we need to establish our own limitations. It's totally fine to have like myself. I have limitations in my body. You can see like, I'll have like a, my knee, my right knee can buckle in because of a tight right hip and I've got a, a weak right foot. And I know that. And I, so long, I know that limit. And I know when I'm pushing into that limit, people only hurt themselves when they push past their limit. But when you know your limit, you don't push past it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the fix your shit mindset. It goes to fix anything requires work and dedication to fix, to become a, a doctor requires focus and dedication over eight years to become skilled at day trading. I'm sure that's a 10 year process to get actually done, to be, to, to be, know, to know what you're doing to professional sports is a 20,000 hour rule, right? To be a pro athlete. 20,000 hours generally in a sport or 20 years, I forget what it was, to become a musician, to learn a language. And the world needs to understand that understanding how your body works and fixing the way your body moves, must we must look at our body the same way we look at any other skill acquisition. Mm -hmm. And that is what fucking A, I'm out there to do. Mm -hmm. People just think, hey, I'm doing the reps, I'm doing the exercises. It's not how you, it's not the reps and it's not the sets and it's not the weight. It's knowing how you're doing it, why you're doing it. And knowing that these exercises, just like Dr. Aaron said, aren't exercises in the gym. You're in the gym, you're training your body for life. The gym's an hour a day. Mm -hmm. We live 23 more hours a day. You're training your body to move through life and to move well. And so that is the fix your shit mindset that like, I know that that's a, that's a calling for me. And I know that like, and it, but still five years into it right now, mm -hmm. I'm still shaping. I'm still trying to explain what it means. I'm still having massive setbacks myself over this thing, but God damn it. It's like, you know, if I could die, like if I die, like I, I, on my deathbed to know that there's millions of people out there that are like taking accountability, that are aware of their posture, mm -hmm. aware of how their shoulder blade moves, because there's really only five movement skills that one needs to learn. That's it. There's five of them. Mm -hmm. There's the ability to uh, a core brace, ground force, a hip hinge, a shoulder scoop, and uh, a head pivot. Only five movement skills. And the 
one has all those five movement skills, they will eliminate. The World Health Organization says that 97% of chronic back pain is lifestyle related. That means 97% of people can improve the way their body feels by making lifestyle changes, changes to their ergonomics at their office, changes to how they walk, how they stand, how they move through life, how they have sex, yeah. how they eat their breakfast. It, but it becomes something like high speed internet when you get it. It's like, well, I guess maybe maybe this reference is getting old because I grew up in the dial up days. Mm -hmm. and, and, but it's like once something is so, once we acquire like high speed internet, like we could never go back to the old way because it's so good this way. And it's just like a feeling, it's like eating well. It's like once you go hardcore paleo or something for three months, four months, you go, oh my God, I feel so good. I never, I'm never going back to the way I was. And there's a quote, it's, um, it's Oliver Wendell Holmes. Man's mind once expanded to a new dimension never returns to its original position and it's total growth once we grow and break free a breakthrough we break free we break free to a new level and we never allow ourselves to go back to the level we once were because this new level is so much more powerful and so much more benefits and that's the benefit of proper body movement of simple and that's my, my my vision is to simplify the the mechanics of the body and make it accessible for everybody that's my vision is taking body mechanics and simplifying it because i, I love doing it it's changed the lives of thousands and thousands of people so far. But that's like the, that's the fix your shit lifestyle that, um, that I preach and that I live by myself. Not always 10 out of 10, by the way, sometimes a six and sometimes an 11, but God damn it. There's, that's the only way to live happy. I believe is to, is to constantly fix our shit. And in my profession to fix, fixing your body. Well, that's what I help people with. And that's exactly why I, I like your page as well. And, and I admire everything that you've done because kind of like going back to trading into the human body, it's all trial and error. If one thing doesn't work, you move on to the next thing. Uh, as for like trading in particular, sometimes depending on your situation, like if you have kids, you have a wife, you have a family, they got to take care of for me. I don't really have that. So thank God. Uh, right. I mean, it's lonely, but I'm like, but thank God, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to take those risks. Right. Totally. So, so like, I'm, I'm very grateful for that as well. But it's like if, if you have that drive in you, you don't give up. It's the same thing with your body. You don't just give up because one thing didn't work. You need to find I mean, you're going to be living with it for the rest of your life. If you want to give up, like give it up and not try, you're going to fuck up your body even more. You're not getting to the to the issue. You might get like some aspirin. You may take Dayquil, NyQuil to forget. Avoidance. Yeah, avoidance. People avoid. My back hurts. And here's what I hear all the time. I hurt my back in a deadlift. I don't deadlift anymore. So the McKinsey Institute, this was like 15 years ago, they, they, they found the dead, the initiating movement of a deadlift is a hip hinge and a hip hinge is a hip hinge is when we bend downward and the pure downward movement of the upper body all is rotating on the hip joint. The hip joints are biggest ball and socket joint in our body. The hip hinge, we hip hinge on average 3000 times a day. So when somebody goes, I don't deadlift anymore because I hurt my back, you're deadlifting to a degree 3,000 times a day. And if you're doing it wrong every single time to a degree, so that's, a, that's another avoidance. People, I avoid it. And the other group of people are going to do something else. They, 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 they push right into their pain. They go, it hurts, no pain, no gain, and they grind into their imbalances. Yeah. So you got people that avoid it, you got people that grind into it. 
each one has its own set of issues. The avoidance one, the person becomes very frail and fragile. And the one people grind into it, well, they just grind down their joints and grind down their body over time. Hmm. And so each one of those, each one of those people has their own sets to, has their own issues to improve. Like uh, um, you'll see our videographer. I don't know if you've seen my videos. He's got long hair, right? He's got super long hair. I met him. He's one of uh, my wife's best friends. He, when I, before I met him, he had a disc herniation surgery, which is very common, which is where uh, people bulge a disc. And so the disc bulges and hits a nerve. So the surgeon goes in there and actually cuts the disc, the bulging part of the disc off to take the pressure off the nerve. It's effective in the short term and it can immediately reduce nerve pain. However, it does nothing to fix the root cause of the issue because the way people are moving their body, the way they're bending, the way they move, the way their genetics are, the way their scoliosis is, is causing, something's causing that disc to, to twist and grind and compress some mechanical force on one's body is. And people attribute their pain to one time they go, I deadlifted. The fact of the matter is the disc is so fucking strong. It takes thousands of wrong deadlifts. It takes hundreds of thousands of repetitions of bending done incorrectly before that disc actually gives out. It's not one, it's rarely one event. One event would be you fell off, off a, jump off your two story roof and you land on your ass. Mm -hmm. That's an instant event. Even that person still has, it, that likely knocked them out of whack and now they got work to do. Mm -hmm. So the point is with Yvonne, he just last week, he just, I'm so happy for him through this guy. When I met him, he was just like so frail and though he moved terribly and he's, been, I've been training him for a year straight in person. I take him through the move you method, which is our online course. I take him through our low back and the core course, the hip course. I take it through him in person, but I work out with him and he deadlifted last week, 225 pounds for the first oh, yeah. time. And, and he just had, he's telling me last night, he's tears in his eyes, so emotional about it and thanking me. And it was so awesome to hear that. And, and it was that, I forget where we started with this thing, what, what led into this thing, but he, um, I think we're just talking about the work. I mean, that was a year process for him to get back to doing that. And it's not that like, he's not, now he's like, oh, last, get this, last week he deadlifted 65 pounds. And then he deadlifted 220, two weeks ago, 65 pounds, then 225. It wasn't, it was in his head. Yeah. But see, the brain often will avoid. So our brain is pretty good at avoiding too. Like we know that, hey, this type of movement causes pain. Many people avoid it. And it's just, it requires to properly hit pinch, deadlift once again to get back to that lifestyle you got to go you got to go back to the fundamentals there's other things to deadlifting there's ways to progress from into the deadlift it's not just going back to deadlifting again and so that's what i teach people how to do how to get back to one. oh that's one of the five movements by the way the hip hinge that's kind of where i think that's how it started yeah i just take these rows and we end and i'm like all right hey zeus say something no where were we <laughs> No, you're completely fine. Actually, those five movements that uh, you have them on your website as well for people that are interested, right? I believe I watched one of your videos and I think they were they were on there. Not all. Okay, so I just told you I've spent the last. So currently, the the process is is we created the Move You method. Mm -hmm. um, I launched that in 2016, and I think we've had about 17,000 people um, go through the Move You method. Hell yeah! With hundreds of life transforming results, and there is. It's a tried and true method. However, look, I'm always seeking to improve, right? I want people to, I want people to get to this goal faster. I want them to experience results faster, faster. And I think one day in a hundred years from now, it's probably going to be a downloadable chip in one's head to movement. Mm -hmm. And I'm really like, I want to leave the front with that. 
And so what I've done now the last five months, and then I launched, so a year ago, I launched the low back and the core. I realized that this total body program that we have, it's, it can be overwhelming for people. And it could be because it's a, basically it's a start to finish guide to fix your whole body, but it's revolved around, but it's built to help people fix their back pain and sciatica. That's what it's built for. And so a year ago I go, all right, that's, I want to see a higher completion rate of people in the program. So I, I started launching these mini programs, the low back and the core, and then I launched the hip and then, and then we launched pelvic floor, which is a, a postpartum women uh, specific program. But when I completed low back and core, and then I did hip, I realized I didn't think the whole body through enough. So I had to pause what I was doing. Then I spent the last six months completing. Then I went through the whole body and I completed, I, I broken down because the body only moves in seven directions. That's all it can do is seven different ways. So I broken it down into five skills and that's now the move you method, which right now with the methods done, I need to film it. It'll be filmed by end of year and it's going to be launched by early next year in its totality. So you, you saw some different movements, but I've cleaned it up to five total movement skills. And the movement skill is something that people in 20 years from now, Jesus, when maybe you've got, you're married, you've got three kids, you're like doing your own thing. I want you to remember just those five things. If you remember just those five things, you're gonna live a life strong. You're gonna live free from pain. You're going to be more athletic. You're gonna be more confident in your body and your body's ability. You're gonna be able to say yes to any physical activity that you want to without fear of the unknown or fear of injury. So the movement skills are what I want people to remember like riding a bike in 20 years from now. Now, to acquire the movement skill requires strength exercises, strength sequences, mobility exercises, and mobility warmups all done in a row. That's the new move you method that I'm launching. And I'm so fucking excited. I truly feel like I cracked a hole in the fucking universe and I fucking built this shit in this like vortex and I popped out of it. I go, fuck, there it is. But it's, but now it needs to be filmed yeah. and launched. But that's, it's, it's the big one. It's the one that um, I'm pumped about. Dude, I'm pumped for you. I think you're the energy is losing from San Diego out here, man. But, <laughs> no, but I th I think that's extremely important because I'm extremely conscious because one of my personal biggest fears is like I'm like uh, 70 or 75 right, and I can't take care of myself, dude. One mm -hmm. of my biggest fears, I'm like I don't want nobody wiping my fucking ass. Fuck all of oh. you guys. I'm like I take care of myself till I die. I was like I'd rather live like uh, like like 80, 85, fully functional than like 100. I can't take care of myself, you know, personally. But like, as that's why I'm like, it's a super important to, to take care of yourself now, especially when I'm young, and I, that I, that's just like a priority. I mean, I encourage anybody and everybody listening to this that I mean, you take a look at that at the minimum, you know. You know, Jeff Bezos. I was reading. Um, for everyone who doesn't know, Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon. If you guys ever heard of Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, with Jeff Bezos, I was reading one of his recent. Um, uh, it was, it, I think it was a speech he was giving. I can't exactly recall, but what he was saying, he goes, look, right now, everybody on the team, we're working for three years out. All the work we do now mm. is reflective three years from now. Mm -hmm. So he's that far ahead right now. The people are, they're not working for today. They're not working for next month. They're working for three years out. And the problem, here's what exists, is people that they're not doing that, they're just kind of blindly living their life, which can easily happen. Technology in your app, you're on your phone, you're out of your body, you're in your head, and then pain occurs, pain strikes. And then now what? Now, oh my God, I need out of pain now. You're thinking so short. What gets people out of pain now? Surgeries, drugs, adjustments. 
these are short-term things. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying, and this is what I'm teaching the world and trying to educate people, is the work we put into our body now is a reflection of us three years. And it can go even deeper. I, it can go deeper. Maybe the work we're doing now, maybe the strong mental work, mental connection. Like when someone learns one of the five movement skills, which is called a scap scoop, shoulder scoop, it's the most powerful shoulder skill on planet earth that I know of. But when you learn that movement, I believe you're actually learning it and setting yourself 10, 20 years later, because you don't forget that skill. And that skill is so incredibly one of the five movement skills. So like you said, that work is to 75, like it's the work we do now that equals three years. But in three years from now, we're built up because the work we did three years ago. So the work then it builds us up. So now we're like doubled up in six years. Mm. And that is gets us out of the mindset, the, the, the like emergency mindset that so many Americans live in. Ah, I need to hit the lottery. I need to do this. I need something now, like this second. And it's so fleeting, the results, the results. And plus the results don't last, which is why 70% of lottery winners file bankruptcy in three years. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. You don't have the skills. You just got it and now it's gonna be gone. Yeah. So it's the fucking work that we do right now on ourselves and our body and our mind that keeps us strong, that keeps us active into the future. And I think that applies to a lot of things. I'm like, once you get like that, that success or the results instantaneous, you don't, like you said, you didn't really earn it. So the longevity is, I mean, the odds of you being able to keep that for as long as you live are like slim, like super small, you know? Super, even myself, like would move you. It's just like, man, even recently, I like turn my back on some of the uh, numbers and move you, like some of the books and the counting, I turn my back on that thing. And then one of the rules is like my business mentor is like, hey, what you focus your attention on, like if you're going to focus on saving money, mm -hmm. if you focus on that thing, you're going to save money. And if you don't focus on it, it goes away. It's just like bank account. It's not like people also think how long before I fix my body. And I, what they want to hear is three months. It's going to take you three times a week, three months. That's what they want to hear. And there's some truth to that because if they put their work in three times a week for three months, they're going to develop those skills, mm -hmm. some of those mental skills, and, and they're going to have breakthroughs that are going to allow them to see further into the future, mm -hmm. which is true. But the truth is anything worth having, unfortunately, requires constant work and maintenance, period. Financially, it's not like people go, once I make a million dollars, I'm set. If you make a million dollars and turn your back to it, that fucking money's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Trust me. I know. <laughs> fucking disappears it requires that's like the body you can build it but you have to maintain it but sometimes you can build it and you can turn your back on it but if you know then you but when you have the skills you can get yourself back up to where you were in a short amount of time and also if you build yourself you're in pain like back pain hip pain if you build yourself up and you go on a vacation and you hurt yourself there's no fear anymore because the fear because you know what to do you got the skills to fix it it's like getting on a bike again or playing a piano again or speaking Spanish again. You're just kind of picking up. And so these skills, the skills are what last the fucking lifetime, Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what's going to be everlasting for the most part. And a lot of people, but the thing is that, that I've seen is everybody wants the fucking shortcuts. Everybody, they don't want the, the haul, the work, the stress of being able to get those skills. And that, like you said, it boils down to, what was it? Avoidance, right? Avoidance. Well, there's, yeah, avoidance and 
that would if avoidance is relevant there yeah now i'm sure buddha was here he could help correct me and help maybe <laughs> connect some more dots than yeah. i do but um i wouldn't say everybody you know i think like even younger i think people with a growth mindset even people who i work with they might go i don't know i'm gonna go get i'm gonna go get back surgery i'm gonna go on these pills if we have a growth mindset you're only doing that for so long before you realize it actually doesn't work yeah so I think people act in the short term, you know, maybe I want to say, I don't want to put general because some people act like that till they're dead, but mm. the younger we are, right? The shorter our thinking is, yeah. you know, older we are, the longer term I think. Like for example, the average member of Move U, I think is 32 years old, okay. right? That's the average person enrolls in it. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, that's the average person that enrolls in it because, you know, you get 30s, you start seeing the future, maybe you get a, you know, you get a wife, you have a kid and you start going, wow, I want to like, you start seeing in the future how you want to be you start seeing a little further into the future mm -hmm. and maybe the more responsibilities we have in our lives. And, and I think we get a little older, we start seeing how the injuries and things that we did in our twenties built up. Like, you know, when I, I had a bad fall when I was 22 and I tore my meniscus in my knee, that ain't gone. Yeah. That meniscus tears to the, and if I get sick or something, my knee hurts. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not doing my exercises, it hurts. It's a reminder. So these things just like accumulate as we get older and it's not like they go away, but they require maintenance. You want to keep it where it is? Maintain it. Here's what you do. You want to improve it and get stronger? Well, here you go. And then maybe you want to maintain that higher level. Mm -hmm. And so if everything, the world, everyone just needs to know out there that the body, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always improve. People go, is it too late to start? Come on, that pisses me off. It ain't ever too late to start. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Like too late. Like the body is this incredible organism at healing. It's incredibly resilient. And the best time to start is always right now. Like the best time to start is always right now. Always. There's never a better time to start than right now. Yeah. And then, then like, like you're saying, it's like the avoidance. People are just scared to start. And I've been there too before. Like I get it. I mean, it's, it's scary, but sometimes you have to take that jump. It doesn't really matter because if not, you're not going to progress. That's just that's just reality. I, I did have one quick question for you too. Why, uh, Dr. Mike, why, why do you think uh, people people look for um they treat the symptoms as opposed to like the cause well why do you think because, that is like a oh, general consensus i believe because now regarding the the um the oldest profession mm -hmm. the oldest profession here in the united states is allopathic healthcare, mm -hmm. and i forget the exact number but allopathic healthcare has been here for about 300 years mm -hmm. allopathic you may know allopathic as medical doctors mm -hmm. as mds they're the oldest They've been here the longest, mm -hmm. allopathic first, and then chiropractic and doctors of osteopath only came about about 110 years ago. Mm -hmm. And physical therapy, I believe, only became a thing back in the 1950s, mm -hmm. I want to say. But the problem with physical therapies is they've been handcuffed to fucking medical doctors because they require scripts from MDs. Mm -hmm. So physical therapists don't have the power they'd like to have, and I think that they should have. And so the point is, is just the strong, like any business, for example, the strongest, the, the, the strongest message is going to come from the biggest business. It's the most established and they're very, they come as trustworthy. And that currently regarding the body and pain and symptom relief, unfortunately, still to this day comes from medical in the medical allop traditional allopathic medicine is built off of an old Newtonian physics model, mm -hmm. which states that the, that the body is a that the body, the body is a static organism 
and that the body is um, fragile. And if it breaks, then it must need, it needs support. It needs intervention. It needs taking care of from the outside. That's the old way is that the old ways that the, the body that can't change, it can't improve. It can't, it can only diminish. That's all it can do. And so that's why medical and surgery is built on symptoms of treatment. They see the human body, if you have back pain, they see your body is weak, broken, and fragile. That's how they see you. You need a back brace. You need pain meds to dull your pain. You need a surgery to cut the disc. You need a uh, uh, constant you know, opioid medication to do that. And this is the, still the beacon of message in the United States today is that that's where it comes from. And it's like, it is evolving and it's evolving quickly, especially now with social media because messages can get put out there, mm -hmm. but they treat the body like it's broken. What do they do? They, they don't know how to do, they, you need an x-ray and whatever the x-ray says, whatever the MRI says is what we do. Mm -hmm. And it's a total disempowering system. It's, it's completely disempowering. It's opposite. That's why many doctors have a God-like complex. God, I have the answers. Yeah. Come to me. I'll tell you what's wrong with you. It completely takes the power out of the patient's hands. Mm -hmm. Completely. And now, don't get me wrong. Some of my good friends are medical doctors. The medical, the medical profession has significantly helped me. But the medical system is designed for traumas and emergencies. They're horrible horrible with managing chronic diseases anything chronic they're fucking terrible it's going to be constant medication test procedures and surgeries that's all they have mm -hmm. they don't have anything else i have i have actually one of my uh, uh one of my she's my sister-in-law mm -hmm. she's going to school to be a medical doctor she goes i'm going to medical school so, so i could teach people to live healthier lifestyles i'm like that that ain't gonna be i don't don't go to school for that yeah because that's not the profession you're medical don't you don't go to medical school to like prevent that's not what because the insurance system insurance companies dictate so a doctor you can go to school get a doctor degree chiropractic physical therapy medical doctor doesn't matter which one right you can have all the best intentions in the world all of them heart of gold however when you're billing health insurance which is probably 99.9 percent .9 of medical doctors all of surgeons um probably three quarter chiropractic, three quarter physical therapy. They can own, they're only going to get paid for what services are allowed by the insurance company. Mm -hmm. So it actually, then we become slaves because I've been in this, come on, I've been in a health insurance game. We become slaves to what the insurance company says. Mm -hmm. That's why chiropractors, you'll see them. What's their main thing they do? Adjust people because they know that they can make they make the most money with an adjustment and adjustment takes a matter of a couple of minutes so the more people you get in the more adjustments the more money you make and money does dictate much of our lives like the more money it is very motivational and so the whole medical profession the entire medical profession is the beacon and that health insurance company is part of that medical system and that's the message that needs to change and now that we're in an age of of uh we're now we're in an age of quantum physics. Anything's possible. Mm -hmm. We could maybe walk through a wall. That's really exciting. Quantum physics is really exciting. Too. <laughs> yeah. We can change. Our bodies can change. Our mind can change. We can form new synapses and new neural connections. We can build new muscle. We can reconnect with atrophied muscles. Like it's a real thing. And the science is there and it's pouring in on that thing. And the quantum physics model is very much 
what move you built off of is the ability of like, you can fix your shit. <laughs> you put the power back in the people's hands. Back in it. Yeah. It's their responsibility. No, I, I, that's one of the things that I like about you. That's what, that's what I realized. I'm like, I mean, first of all, I want to, going back to that, Randy, you, you were just talking about the whole medical system. That's exactly what I believe 100%. And, and it's, it's really refreshing hearing that, especially from your perspective as a chiropractor. Uh, because a lot of people are like, oh my God, so many fucking people that I know, they're like, no, you're just a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, Mm, I like you. I'm like whatever. I'm like you can think what you want, but I'm like facts are facts. Life and pretty much everything that goes on is dictated by money, whether you like it or not. It's just reality. That's you know that's that's just it is what it is, and there's only we can do about it other than play within the game. And as long as you know the rules, play accordingly, right? Instead of and then there's the other people on the other side that bitch and just cry about the game. I'm like no, you don't want to do that either, but. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy as hell, especially with everything going on, especially like in yeah. the most recent times. It's like nobody wants to take care of themselves, and obviously I'm generalizing when I say that, but a lot of people just want the the easier solution as opposed to what's going to be for long term. Are you eating I, I right? Think we have. I really project our younger generation now with new exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just like I think last year, I think we had 700 million views on our videos, and that oh, makes wow. me feel really good to know that knowing that that many people are hearing that message come out yeah. and, and um, it makes me feel really good. And I really do. I'm hopeful for our new younger generation um, that, that they are actually, they have now exposure to new types of thinking, new ways of thinking, new ways of moving and ownership. But I think it's also, there is a, there is a, in the younger generation, the problem that exists there is it's built on a quick fix society too. So, but listen, I can't believe that I, I could, I'll never, you'll never hear me say that nobody wants to improve because I, I have to believe in human beings mm-hmm. desire to improve. Like I have to believe in that. I'll die believing that. Mm-hmm. And I just have to connect with them. They just need to hear the right message. They need to see the right thing. They need to feel the right thing yeah. just to get them to have one. I just need people to have one breakthrough, like learning a scap scoop. Like there's a moment in time where you go, holy shit, this is it. Like breakthrough. Mm-hmm. One breakthrough leads to another to another. So like I have to believe in that, and I and that's I just continue to like push that fucking mission forward. Mm-hmm. Have uh, I asked this to Aaron as well? Uh, but are you are you using TikTok as well right now? A little bit, um, not really. I mean, some of my my teams help them post on TikTok. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't really make too much TikTok exclusive content at this They're time. They're super short, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, actually, you can put them up to like I think it's like three or five minutes now. I believe. I think we just did like oh, really, I th- like just a month ago. Yeah, I think. You're able to extend it to that long now. Uh, but the reason why I ask is because, I mean, that's, it's easy exposure. I mean, I've been doing that TikTok for about like a year or some change. And like, I finally, I'm finally getting some traction. I'm trying to get on your 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 level. What was it? Uh, 70 million views? Is that what you said? 700 million. 700, yeah, I'm trying to get on your level. <laughs> on TikTok, I'm barely like at three. I'm like, shit, I got a long way to go, man. I started this thing, though. Just like I listen to Aaron's and he's like, he started in 2015. I started in 2016 uh-huh. on, on Instagram. And I gotta say, there was some there was some early heydays where mm-hmm. you're at the right place when the algorithm was the way it used to be, mm-hmm. where we'd have like two, three, two million, one million views, and like sometimes we'd grow forty thousand followers a week. Damn. And um, but I, you know, I've observed at least five major algorithm changes, and each one slices views down, slices reach down. Every single one of those does. And uh, to the point right now where it's, it's you know, it's, it seems diff- much more difficult to grow and much slower to grow. But like, yeah, in- TikTok is, is 
I don't know about, I, I've heard there's some recent algorithm changes. We, we posted on there. I think we got maybe a few hundred thousand followers on there right oh, now. Or something like that. take advantage of that. I think. Here's the thing. Okay, Jesus. Right now, the, 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 the position of the business is social media is great, but move you as a business. Move you mm -hmm. needs money. The money fuels the technology development. Mm -hmm. The money allows us me to buy new clothes and have props and have office space and the best camera equipment like money we have to have money to pay the team to do the job to build and to save a reserve and the point is in the last year it's been challenging so the younger TikTok generation what that is for for, for move you that younger generation that's an awareness that's like pushing out there to the younger group younger group to help them prevent issues to help them strengthen their body, but also to, for them to think of us at a day when they feel they need to fix their body through our membership. So that's a three, five year, but that's like a Bezos three to five year thing. Mm -hmm. But currently I have systems and operations to improve in the now before I can put, because it cost us money Definitely to make investment. and time to put it on that channel as well. Mm -hmm. So there is strategy with TikTok. But we, you probably won't see us implement that until about 12 months out from now. And if it, if the opportunity is still there, that is, if not, so be it. We'll find another opportunity at the time. But it is there are priorities as well that uh, that I'm still working to improve in operations and systems to fix. So to give us that stability, so we can focus on the younger generation. Because the tr I can totally understand why. And I'm like, my current opinion is any business that is. This is a total opinion. By the way. Yeah. Uh, any business that has a heart, like a heart to improve the world, eventually focuses on the youngest generation because they know that they've got the most pliable minds. They have, they have open mind, they have open space in the, hab in the habits that they, they set. Oh, I do. Uh, I might be a little bit late. Yeah, I'll just tell, I'll tell Nick I'll be a little bit late. Okay, let me. What do you jump? Hold on one second. Yeah, no, can, I, can I shoot a message out real quick? Yeah, let, yeah, let me yeah, just no worries, shoot. no worries. Let me just shoot this out. Take a second. No Nick. Worries. Oh, you can message him. Just tell him I'm going to be, uh, tell me 10 minutes late. So I probably have 10 minutes. Jesus. What was that? I got about 10 minutes left. Okay. That's perfect. No worries. No worries. Okay. So yeah, I do think that people will eventually help try to help the younger generation. That's definitely something that, uh, that, you know, I look forward to doing someday too. I always love working with the younger generation and not only that, but also, uh, my plan as well is not only cause like my perspective, I spent, I, I earned a bachelor degree in psychology. Then I earned a doctorate in chiropractic. That was nine years and $300,000. Now, give it like a serious, like retrospective look at things. I likely use 8% of the knowledge I learned in school today. Wow. I see what it is, is the, my opinion. I don't know the depths of this thing, but for chiropractors, we fought for credibility. And so to get credibility, at some point in time, I think it was 1979, they offered a doctorate program, doctorate, before it wasn't a doctorate. And the DR in front is likely only there for a credibility. Now, what I learned to get, earn that doctorate degree, it's nice to have, I learned how to oscillate the heart, oscillate the lungs. I learned about different types of cancers and bowel issues and rectal exams and prostate exams and eye exams, ear exams, and learned how to like, different types of cancer and growths and, 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 and all the physiology of the fucking lungs and the arteries and mm. none of this stuff that I use. That was all, 
that's all there to get the doctor degree to boost credibility. And the point I made is, is like, I see the younger generation now and I'm like, man, they don't need, you don't, you don't need a doctorate to help people fix their body pain to fix their issues. It's not, it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. The reason that one would get a doctorate degree is in chiropractic is there's only, well, is to adjust, adjust the body, mm -hmm. spinal adjustment, but you can get away, you can do joint manipulations without a doctorate degree. And there's a total gray area with what that is. And also most importantly, with the doctorate of chiropractic and physical therapy, it allows you to do one thing only, bill health insurance. You need a doc, you need a degree, a master's or a doctorate to bill health insurance. That's it. That's the only reason for a doctorate degree. It's either adjustment or to build it with physical therapists, it's only to build health insurance. That's the only reason why that's the only necessity of that people. But in the younger generation, they think that the credibility of having a doctorate degree is going to bring people in the door. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm older, I realize that there's many ways to attract to, to, to instill confidence, your own story. Someone has their own success story about transforming their own body. People will listen to that. Mm -hmm. Um, a degree. Yeah. Um, there was a third one, boy, it's been a while since I brushed this off. But the point is, is, is the younger generation, my goal is to create a certification to be a move you coach, mm -hmm. which is a certified position, a, a certified coaching position that trains people on the necessities on the bare bones necessities of how to understand people's body, how to help them fix their body and, and to do it all in a, such a fraction of the time, maybe a two month certificate degree for a few grand versus a few hundred thousand dollars. And not only that, but these professions, physical therapy, and chiropractic prepare people for 20, they're all 20 years behind. So they prepare you for 1999. They, there's no preparation for, for digital technology, uh, virtual remote online business, social media, like it doesn't exist. They're prepared to help people. They're literally thrown into a business environment with very business skill. So, so my, and it, it's, it's another, it's a big vision, but it's to offer the cert and to train people to help others virtually mm -hmm. and in person for a fraction of the cost. And I'm really excited about that. And that's a phase two for move you phase one is get our new methodology. Up. Yeah. Phase two, certify these, these coaches, and then to move, move you, get move you into corporate America to help with corporate wellness and help them with their issues. Yeah. But that, that's, that's a deep vision of mine, as well as to help that younger generation in their twenties. They're like, what do I do? What do I do with my career? Should I go be a doctor? Mm -hmm. Should I do this? I just want to be like, Hey, you want to help people start here? It's a fraction of the cost, a fraction of time. You get your foot in the door and bam, you start earning money and helping people within months and not fucking almost a decade. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But save, saves hell of money, hell of time. That sounds like, and that sounds like, um, what is it called nowadays? Um, like almost like a trade school kind of thing, right? Almost. Or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Almost like a trade school yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's, a, I, I think that's a lot more practical than going to school personally. Like if you want to learn something, whether it be software engineering, whether it be fucking, uh, like uh, being an electrician, whatever, plumbing, whatever. Right. Um, I, I had a million questions for you. I, one of the re, one of the things I'll, I'll I'll probably hopefully we can get you on in the future. But one of the things I wanted to ask you was, um, what you thought of the state of the world for the future far off? Because you said you had a the whole land and everything. Well, we'll get to that another time. Because that's oh, that's a that's a good one. I wanted to hear your thoughts. But we'll get to that another time because I know you're low on time. 
But I ask this of all of my guests, uh, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Give me a second. Yeah, yeah, take your time. I'll start talking. Um, <laughs> well, when I was, I, things are coming to my mind when I was, when I was, um, when I was about to earn my doctorate degree, there's a dentist. And I said, I remember working in a pro shop at a country club. And I remember saying, he's just checking into golf. He's a country club member. And I worked there and I remember saying, dude, I, I don't think I can do this doctor school. I got these chemistries and I'm terrible at OCAM. He goes, well, those are the make it or break it classes. They're designed where they, they make it or break it. And I just, in that moment, I just remember going, well, I'm going to fucking make it. I remember that Shit. quote. Um, the best piece of advice. I mean, when I look back and it was Chip Wilson said that like, usually your life's defined by like, there's like five or six moments in one's life that define their life. And honestly, like one of my defining moments was when I took Ritalin. I took it and I felt like my whole world changed instantly. I took Ritalin and my whole world changed. Like I saw the world differently. And I was like a failure out of dropping out of school to a 4.0 student. Now I'm not, I only took it for a few months. It allowed me to see the light, but that was huge. Um, but what's the mo the greatest piece of advice someone's given me? What, what the hell is standing out to me? I got my, my, I got, I have different mentors. I've got my lifestyle mentor. He built us. He builds his whole career around the life he wants to live. That's empower That's powerful. He takes three months off a year, doesn't even work, and just lives in the forest and hunts birds. Huh, I've, got, uh, I've got, I've uh, got, when I started movie, what about that? I got quotes from books. Yeah, Robert Greene and Courtney. Mastery, 48 Laws of. Oh, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, the book Mastery. Um, there's a couple quotes in there. Boy, when I, 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 you know what? I just don't, that's not what that question you asked. I have more like observations that I've made that have more powerfully affected me than words people have said. For example, this is one that stands out. Okay. Cause I'm going back to when I started move you, I, I was very frustrated with, cause I basically, I'm this as a, as a practicing chiropractor, you basically work nine to five in an office. And I'm not a nine to five guy. I'm an outdoors adventurer. I like trips. I like this. And, and the, the career wasn't built. I didn't choose a career that was built for my lifestyle. And, and, and there was uh, one of my best friends, his name is Max Miranoff. In 2016, I was on a spearfishing trip. I'm a free diver. I spearfish. I hold my breath without oxygen tanks and I kick up to hundred feet under the water. And then I hunt fish and then I eat the fish. You, you're very slight, I hunt like tuna and delicious fish. And I did a, I did a live aboard. I did a, a trip where I was on a boat for five days and this dude, Max, he's like helicopter skiing. He does like uh, races, motorcycles. He leaves for weeks at a time on these trips. And I observed his words and his life, his lifestyle is what motivated me. His lifestyle of being free. He built a career to match his lifestyle, much like Richard Branson. Mm -hmm. In that lifestyle of his, I, within a year, I sold my chiropractic practice. I stood up, move you, and I was completely online within 12 months. Mm -hmm. Like that was a cat, that was a huge catalyst, was that along with the book, 
the most influential book I've ever read of all times is Endurance, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage, which I believe every man, every leader should read. Um, those two events, those two things right there have been like the most, the most influential of my life. I wish I could give you a quote. Uh, but I can't, I can't, nothing's coming to mind. No, that's some, I mean, certain things are powerful and it's, it all depends on the individual. So it's, it's not, it's not bad that you have a certain quote, especially with the amount of advice that every single one of us gets throughout our lives. There's so much information. So, and then I know you're short on time too, so don't even worry about it. If, if you guys aren't already following uh, movie you on YouTube and Instagram, go get a follow, especially on TikTok for the future. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, man, thank you so much for your time. You're awesome. And I appreciate the stories and hopefully I can get you on again sometime. And I'll, I'll let you know when I'm in San Diego. I see if you're available. Let me know when you're in San Diego. You've got to stop. You've got to write this down. On your way down, you have, if you like donuts, you need to stop at VGs. V-I-G-I-S. It's in Cardiff. They've been around since the 1970s. They're the best fucking donut I've ever had in my life. Really? You need it. If you're going to do a donut trip, you might as well go big. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to hit up both spots and I'll bring them both. Be like, which one's better? Fun. <laughs> awesome. I like a traditional. You have my cell phone number? Uh, yeah, I texted you actually. I think uh, Fabi gave me the information. Let me know when you're in San Diego. I'll have you on up here. I'll show you the place. We'll chat a little. I really appreciate you having me on and reaching out to me. Uh, you're a great interviewer. You add great input. You really, you really brought something out of me there, and, and you're doing a fucking awesome job so far. Uh, and it looks like you're growing fantastically. So, Jesus, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and and, and share my experiences, and, and hopefully uh, help some people fix their shit in the process. If not, maybe get a laugh or get a little word of wisdom. I don't even know if I have any of that yet. I think maybe I'm too young for <laughs> No, I think you got, no, you got a hell of wisdom, man. At the bare minimum, they'll get hella laughs, hence why I mentioned you should be a comedian, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Talk about some other time. All right, Jesus. All right, man. Take care. Have a good Thank day, you. man. All right, but shoot me a text. All right, man. Oh, you did. I'll check my text. All right, All right, right bye. Peace, man.